Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide, and this is your main event of the evening with the 60-minute time limit. The man in charge of this episode is your host, Vic Muscat. He is back. I don't know why he wanted to come back because I'm just a small-scale show, but I am always happy to have Wild Man Hemo on the show. How are you doing, sir? Thanks. I'm doing good. Got uh, two new bookings for this year, so I'm pumped for those. We're doing a show here in Finland in, in November. I don't know the exact place yet, but it's going to be fun. And then in early December, I'm going to go back to Germany. It's been a few years since I've been back, so that's now confirmed. And flights are booked and everything, so I'm stoked for that. It's going to be fun. That must be really awesome when you can just go, like, go to Germany and go to other countries. Here in the United States, you have Texas or Kansas. Nothing exciting, but Germany, beautiful country, and all the other countries you go to is beautiful. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, um, I'm really fortunate and I'm really happy about the all the chances that I've got because to go, because Finland, if you look at the world map, it's like, uh, you're surrounded by the Baltic Sea, so you can't really travel anywhere because like, like you in the United States, go to different, different states by the car, right? Just take the, well, the distance is so long, but you can drive everywhere. But from Finland, you really have to like fly everywhere. You can't really, or take a boat. You can't even go to the neighboring countries anymore. Like, with the, with, you can't really drive anywhere. So you really have to fly out. So I've been very, very blessed that people want to book me so that they fly me over because you can get, going to Germany, you can get like five guys or four guys in a car and drive to, to yep. different cities to the next state or something. So flying me over from Finland. So that's really cool. Like when you have to fly, you have to take those like big commercial jets or do you take like smaller planes to go? No, they're not, not that, not that big, big planes. So just normal, normal commercial airlines. No, it's not like direct flight to Germany. I'm flying to Hamburg. It's only like okay, three hours, so not that bad. Now, now, uh, before we get to like what's going on in the world of Wildman Hemo, there you was guys a have the distances. Are I'm sorry. Yeah, you froze up a bit, but you're better now. Yeah. There you go. Before we start talking about what's going on in your career, wanted to bring up, you heard what happened at the AEW World Title event last night? No, I haven't heard about that. Uh, one of the wrestlers had a, what people are calling a botch, I call it a mishap, where it was like an inside-out clothesline, and he landed on his head. Yeah, and he okay. knocked himself out. He had to be stretchered out, and it just puts into perspective about yeah. how dangerous professional yeah, right. wrestling can be. I mean, yeah. when you see an injury it's like that, happen, when you hear of an injury yeah, like that happening, injury. What, what do you think when you hear something like that happen? Like a wrestler off like a simple move, 
gets hurt. Well, I think that's the worst thing that can happen. You know, it just puts the dark shadow over everything. You know, if somebody gets hurt, then all of a sudden it's not just like fun and games anymore. You know, serious shit can happen. But I don't know if it's it's not just like a wrestling thing. It's like in any sport. You know, it's like a you can be like a like a world class soccer player for for instance then you know, in a blink of an eye your career is over you know you tear tear up a knee or something and then the surgeon says that you're not gonna play at this level this level anymore so yeah it's 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 heartbreaking but i think that's what goes comes comes with the combat sport environment like we do but that's what i always try to try to say all the all the younger guys that like always when you're thinking about these spots and you're like working your match and you wanna of course you're young you want to do cool spots you want to look good on internet and stuff like that you want to try out some shit but uh, i've always believed that less is more and you better work the match like with the minimum risk that you you can you know it's like health is everything you can't really you can't get it backward it's gone I always want to think that if, if there's a cool spot or some, something that we like to do, it, but does the match need it? Does it advance the story? Does it bring any more drama to it? Because I think what I'm worried about a lot of the younger guys, when they get into wrestling and they want to do all kinds of cool stuff and they want to do all kinds of cool moves, risk high risk moves, but they are. Uh, is it more for them or is it advancing the match in any way or is it adding to the drama or is it giving anything value to the audience except for the one cool spot moment so i always try to think the match's story first and then the spots come in and the moves come after the story is put on place so yeah but it's hard hard to hear stuff like that and it's always something that you never wanna wanna see happen and i think the number one priority of every show any show should be that everybody goes home healthy after the match after the show is done us and the audience as well it's it seems it feels like the worst injuries in professor wrestling happens when it's like the simple moves yeah that's what I mean, it is, yeah. I mean, I've had wrestlers on before where they just got in a battle royal. They toss yeah, with yeah. a rope, do the usual grab so they won't like hurt themselves and just bicep tore, tears. Yeah. yeah. One time after the match, it was the next morning, you know, because I was feeling stiff in, uh, stiff in the back. It was a hard match. And, uh, and, uh, I was taking my morning dump sitting in the toilet and I reached for the toilet paper. Ah, oh, fuck, pulled my back, so. <laughs> there it you go. Happen. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. should warm up before that. <laughs> yeah, but I think warming up is, is something that I maybe neglect too much. There's something you can never do enough or, or too, too little. You know, when you get older, you get up take care of the joints and try to stay fit and 
to be in better shape because the when you're in better shape then it's easier to take those bumps and your joints are better protected and stuff like that but yeah yeah I mean, you're right so yeah i just hope i hope everybody is safe and but shit happens you know yeah it it does the rest are a habit too i don't have particular like love loss for the guy but i was like saddened to hear that he was hurt in the way he was hurt yeah yes. yeah no matter what you think of the guy or anything we're just here to try to entertain the people and put up a good show and try to work together and shit like that happens then i think the worst worst things that well, I've never experienced anything like that, but when you read in the books or other dirt sheets or something that somebody hurt somebody else on, on purpose, I think that is the fucking worst thing. Oh, the dirt sheets are the worst. Because uh, they try to stir trouble off yeah. arguments. But like, yeah, but like in Eddie Guerrero's book, he said on, on the book that like when he was a young boy in Mexico, like the old timers hurt him on purpose and stuff like that. And I don't doubt that. That did not happen. So I think my, my trainer Star Gather said it very nice on, on one training session that in this sport you you gotta trust your opponent and the opponent's gotta be worthy of that trust. So yeah. That is the that is the key. Keep it safe, guys. So when you were on before, we were talking about the upcoming slam again of that. What happened? What happened in your match? Yeah, yeah. Match got thrown to trash, so you know, stuff like that happens. It's like a, it's a live show, and the card is subject to change. So, unfortunately, he couldn't make 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 the show. So the main event had to be scrapped, and I got to work with the Italian guy. Fabio Ferrari, but I've known him for years and he's a great guy. And I really had a fun match with him and the audience liked it. And everybody were saying after the show that it was a good match and it felt like a championship match. So uh, I have no 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 regret no regrets about that show. It was a nice night. But you know, it happens people don't make their fights flights and I've been fortunate in that I've, I've made into every booking I've ever had. So I always try to, if somebody puts up money up front for your tickets and stuff, and then you don't show up, then that's the worst thing that can really happen to bummer me out. So but I'm, I'm not saying that he did, did it on purpose because he missed the flight and stuff. I don't know what, what the details are. I just heard that he cannot make it to the show. So. You know, shit happens. Card subject to change, but so I was happy with the show. It was a nice show. And people were really into it. Great venue, so no regrets on that half. But yeah, I just also wanted to like talk to you again and like uh, maybe touch back on some of the subjects we talked last time because I, I always have a lot of things to say, but I, I'm like a slow start so then i gotta come afterwards like say ah, i said that and i forgot to say that and stuff like that so i just wanted to say on that you asked like 
are there any places that I'd not, not like to work in? But like I said, there's never been any place that I've not been happy to be because, so, like I said, very happy that all these people have wanted to use me on these shows over the years. But now, forgot to say that there's definitely been some rings that I've never want to work again, you know. Some of the rings have been really shit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to knock on the promoters because, you know, we all try to do what we can to make these shows happen, you know, and sometimes you gotta borrow a ring or a build one or buy some, steal something or something to get, get something to work, but like I've worked in boxing rings and some really, really old rings that have been like decades old and haven't been maintained at all. And rings like that, when the, when the, like the boards are breaking and everything is done. You can't really focus on the match. You can't really deliver on the match. You can fo focus on the audience or your opponent because you're just trying to stay alive and hope that the ring won't break. You know, the funny story was this one time you had this ring. I think they had, it was missing some parts and uh, uh, the ring, was like really broken down and kept breaking down during the whole whole event during every match and i was going on last and when my match came like the whole whole locker room had to come around the ring and hold it like <laughs> hold it together <laughs> the whole ring. and the promoter whispered to me hey if you guys if you hear a ping just leave the ring right away <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like the ring was like after the match, to get out of here before it blows. <laughs> yeah, the match before the ring implodes. Yeah, it was pretty spinal tap moment because they were all, all the boys from back were holding the ring together during our match. So yeah. Stuff like that happens. I've heard uh, people had to hold steel cages up. But the ring, I keep the ring together. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah, that was. That's. A, I mean, I've heard of that. Say, you know, it's like they, they ask the fans to hold the cage up so the cage stay, stay up. Oh yeah, yeah. Have the fans. The ring. Almost, yeah, the ring. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to put these shows up. But. All right, just gotta roll the punches, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we gotta work with it, but. Yeah, it was experience, it's memory and stuff like that. But I but generally a good ring is always better for the shows. Well, stories like those is like it might be a pain in the butt at the time, but you gotta think to yourself, this is gonna make a really good story one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one day it's gonna be a good story at a party or a podcast or something. It's gonna be a great story. Yeah. <laughs> or a shit story, but it's a memory, yeah. Shit happens, yeah. It's a live show. I guess you gotta do what you gotta do to make these shows happen. It was good. So, is that the craziest thing that has happened during an event? Yeah, I don't think I've, I've I haven't like had this kind of like malfunction malfunctions that something breaks ruining this show. I think you. Yeah. All the all the shows that I've been or or I've arranged, I think we've pulled them off 
it's been hard sometimes like outdoor shows and something and it's raining and slippery and cold and stuff like that but i've always managed to pull the shows off i don't think i've ever had, had we never had to cancel one show like that we couldn't get there in time or anything like that so i think we've been, we've been lucky in that regard because that's always the silliest part if you have to cancel the whole show if something something like that happens so just sucks for everybody and the promoters and the venue and we were like <clears throat> there was this one venue that we worked and uh, the it was like a dance room or there was a place for the band like a stage but then we were supposed to be on the dance floor but then the ring didn't fit on the dance floor so we had to like <laughs> build that build the ring like half half under the stage and half on the dance floor with on these stilts on, on, under the ring post so it was pretty wild because the stage was for like really high up so it was like a, a real big fall from the ring down so it was pretty, yeah but you gotta do what you gotta do huh? make, <laughs> make that stuff happen how has your life changed ever since you became the um, slam wrestling champion? Uh, not really, not for me. I don't think it's like, a, I don't think about it that much, like being the champion, because it's like, I know that, the, of course it brings more extra, extra responsibility on the card. You gotta go online. Aston always produce a good match, but then again, all my opponents have been great, and I trust that I can, I can have a good match with anybody. So there's no, 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 no stress on me about that part. So yeah, it's cool to be the champion, but then again, you have to, yeah, you have to. It's of course it's a big responsibility, and uh, and I'm happy to be the champion. So. No issues for me there, but I don't. I don't think I think about it that like that. that something would change, or I would change, or my style would change. Just, so you had it like onto your head? No, not really. It's just like a, it's a cool thing, and I, of course, it's a deserved thing. You know? I believe I'm a good champion, and I believe. It. People like it, so I'm just in for the ride, man. It's like, are there any about it like that? It's part of the job, right? Are there any wrestlers you like to defend the championship against, or are you just like whoever wants a shot, take your shot type, type of guy? Yeah, well, I'm not like. There's a lot of guys that I'm happy to work with. But, uh, I don't know if there's something, somebody in, in mind, I just whoever my opponent is, I just want to work the best match I can with them. But I'm sure it's going to be a fun ride. So I don't think I have a preference like that. So anything goes. But I like all those matches where the styles, styles clash like. Last time in the slam again, this Fabio guy is uh, like the total 
opposite of Heimuso. Matches like that where, where it's like the polar opposites against each other, those always are the best, best work best. That's easy and fun. But that, that, that cage match that you mentioned, because I don't, we've never had that in Finland, so we've never had a cage, we never had a, like a space to have it or money to build one. So that would be something that I would really want to do one day. That would be cool. Never had one. Like your, your wrestling persona, you know, the face painted and the, being the Viking. Who wants to be in a, locked in a cage with you? When you yeah, switch, and it's like, oh shit, oh, I got to control this guy. Yeah, that would work. But it would require like a storyline for it. But that's the whole point of the cage, right? The other guy doesn't work. It just keeps like evading the situation or, or evading the trying to stay away of the like the one-to-one -one confrontation. So you have to put those guys in the cage to settle the match. So it requires some kind of build up to have a, like a good good payoff. But yeah, that would be cool. That would be super cool to do a cage match. I've been following Slam's wrestling for the past probably six months now. I was impressed about some of the talent you guys are wanting, you guys are bringing in. You have some international talent that been in the United States, but also come, they go to Slams, and it's really quite impressive. Is there anyone that sticks out that you kind of like was like? I don't want to say a schoolgirl because you're bigger than me and you probably kick my butt, but just you know, just that more like at all a meeting. Well, I don't, I don't think I have that anymore. Of the, I don't think I, not that star starstruck thing. I don't think of it that way. Of course, it's cool to meet all these people, and I think that is the like one of the greatest things about wrestling that we get get to meet all these cool people and from all over the world, talk with them, talk about the business. And, See how they do and, and work with them, but no man, I don't get starstruck anymore. Too old for that. I met Lemmy once, so nothing can top that, you know. <laughs> Go. You see, this is why I like having you on the show because you're just like very chill. It's just like, yeah, we had a, the ring was held up. Yeah, the game matches. Yeah. Most people yeah. would be like, yeah, this asshole would, you know, but you're just like, like yeah, it happened. It is what it is. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, I guess you gotta go 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 with it like that. You just gotta roll with the punches. I don't know. I don't know if, you know, pretty chilled out in normal life. So it's like, uh, again, when I get into the ring, then you just have to dial it, up, dial it up to the 11. So it works so the extension of your personality but yeah i'm a pretty chilled out guy i gotta ask how did it take you to grow that beard out i don't yeah that's a wild beard that's i can't really i can't really um, i don't know if i had it for a while now sometimes i trimmed it a little bit down but i've had it had it for like maybe Maybe around six months I've not, not touched it now. So, but it's been like 
I can't remember. It's been 20 years that I've had the beard ever since I like, left the army. So, so it's I don't remember a time that there's like has not not been a beard at all. But uh, sometimes I trimmed it a little bit shorter. But I don't think it grows as as long as it did when I was a little bit younger. But at least the hair is good now. So. I was like, but uh, around six months, I would say. Again, if, I would like, cut, if I would like now, cut it all off. I don't know how long it would take to come to this point again. So, you look 10 years younger because uh, happened, but Yeah, but <laughs> who wants that? <laughs> I don't know what that. Yeah, but it's part of my persona. And, uh, I think the wife would change the locks if I would cut the beard off. So. Does it ever get in the way when you like wrestle, like wrestle, like your opponent would grab it for an advantage or something? Yeah, sure, that happens. And it, it doesn't get in a way, way of my work. When I had the long hair, it would like, constantly be on my on my eyes, so I would have to like pull it, pull it back, and then it was like very disturbing when I watched myself on video because I kept like pulling the hair all the time like back. Mm. I'm like, come on, let the hair be. <laughs> That's why I like the the mullet is the best best hair thing, you know, because it's like out the long hair in the back, creates movement, so that's great. But yeah, long hair days are long gone behind behind me as well. Probably, I mean, like if you have if you have hair, the wrestlers can like grab you from behind, and you can't really fight. The beard, you still have that range where you can just like pop someone in the face, and they grab you by the beard. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And then I'm gonna always bite them if they want to play dirty, and I can just. Go down on their hands. Do you ever play dirty or are you just like, you just you, you just wrestle to win? Yeah, it's like, a, oh, it's like the Heimo hey, is kind of like that kind of guy that uh, sometimes I bite and scratch and squeeze and that, but it's not like, it's not that I play dirty, it's more like, a, if I'm in a tough spot in a match, it's like I feel like a caged animal, you know, it's like uh, it's instinct, instincts kick in. So then it goes like more into this catch a sketch can mode that you gotta, it becomes like a survival situation or self-defense situation. So I might buy those cats scratching, but like that one, I've never been disqualified, so. I would say it's on the ref then. Hey, the referee doesn't you're see gonna, it, it's not legal. You gotta stretch the rules. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't see it and what happened. Yeah. That's how that's how I look at it. It's just yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's a combat combat sport, you know. Shit happens. 
So how does uh, wrestling, especially slam wrestling, how does it what how does it look like? What does it look like in the winter months coming up? Because you know, winter people are still on edge with COVID and everything. It's like, is slam wrestling still going full force, full speed ahead into the winter months? Yeah. We're gonna have shows hopefully during the whole 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 winter. Steady, steady flow of shows, but I just hope that the COVID doesn't and stuff like that doesn't flare up again because it was such a such a crazy bummer time that we couldn't do any live shows or anything. So I just hope we can keep the ball rolling and keep doing these shows and keep entertaining the people and keep getting better and doing better shows and nicer venues. So yeah. I don't know what the future holds, but I sure hope that we can keep the momentum going and keep on putting some good shows. I'm happy that you've been checking them out. I'm gonna put you on a little bit on the spot right now. Who's yeah. your favorite referee to work with? Favorite referee? I've had a couple of them on. That's why I'm putting you on your spot. Yeah, yeah. I think like, um, You had the you had the some of the Finnish referees also here, right? So I think uh, I don't think I've ever had like a, all those referees that we have in now in Slam. They're like very experienced and they know know their stuff, and so very easy to work with them. The only time when it's harder is like when the referee is green, so it doesn't really understand the, like the, what to do and what not to do and how much to be involved in the match. And, and some of the referees don't really understand that it's a three-man job. You you gotta have three guys to work the match. It doesn't work only with with two. That's the integral part of the match is the referee. Because without that, it, well, it's not even a match. Yeah, referees so, just aren't. Yeah, because some of some of like the with the younger referees without the experience, they don't really understand that they can be more involved in the match. They should be more involved in the match, especially like the house shows type of shows that we do. That they have to be like the integral part in telling the story. Because they like to, to animate the action more with their own own like. emotions and their gestures and stuff like that. So I think our good referees are hard to come by. And I think it, but it's only because like in our scenes, in our indie scenes, most likely that the referees are not trained that much because they're many times even the boys don't understand the value of the referee. So they're like, just throw somebody into the match and now you're a referee. Now you can do this. And you can do that. But I think a referee, I think like many, many of these jobs of working like a, to make a wrestling show work or any live show that there's no like, a, there's not, not any spot that's not like valuable. And like if you think somebody like the sound guy or the guy who rings the bell or the ring announcer and stuff like that, all those, all those roles, they, 
work together to make the show flow. And you gotta have experience in all those roles because like the more experience you have in front of a live crowd, the, the better it gets. You know, you can't you can't teach experience. No. And I think many, many of times the issue is that some of these roles are seen like lesser roles, like a ring announcer or the bell guy or the timekeeper or the referee or the sound guy or the merch guy or gal, whatever, or the guy at the door, there's just somebody who's been, or, or even the person working the cashier at the door, because that's like the most important thing of the whole show, or the one selling the merch. So it's so many times due to lack of pants that we have, it's somebody's friend's friend is just thrown into that role. So I think all these roles in the wrestling show are and the more experienced people get in those roles working in the live live audience then the show flows and works better but i think um i think referee is uh, one of those roles that maybe some people think like less less of some of them are like uh, guys who really want to be like the Wanna be wrestlers, but they're like put into the re referee role, so they think that now I'm like in, in some kind of a B category role or something like that. They don't take that that job seriously, so I think that never works. So I think our slam referees, Demo and Aki, and because they're they're great at being refs because they wanna be refs and they, that's what they wanna do and that's what they study to be better at. So I think. Or slam referees. I've got no problem working with those guys, Demo and Aki. I think you've had Demo on the show, show right? At least yeah. Once I think you had him like on the show. Yeah. It's the shit shits, but he's trying, you know. So better give him some slack. Yeah, I can't. I can't see like um like in America. You see, like referees sometimes will get blasted with a steel chair or, geez, I don't know, set on fire or something like that. They take a lot of the blows. I don't see that in uh, slam wrestling. I see referees being like being the referee, not being a victim or something like that. Yeah, I think maybe I don't, I don't think that the ref should. The ref is not like a prop to use in a match. Yeah, I agree. I I think I'm a firm believer in in, in that uh, the wrestling it has to be like based on reality. Like there's crazy stuff stuff going on, but it's still gotta be like believable. Because if if the action in the ring it doesn't make sense, like the action doesn't look look good, or or, or there's stuff that's been done just for stuff sake not to advance the story or not to work the match that we talked. If there's just, ah, we have a cool idea, let's set the referee on fire. But or if there's a lot of that, like Gaga, then it just takes the audiences, like, it's harder to, for them, them to like, to suspend their disbelief and, and get really like emotionally invested in the match. Mm -hmm. and, get really focused on what's happening and then they start to care like who who, who wins or or 
full losers and then they really get emotionally invested in the outcome of the match if the whole thing is based on reality because if if there's a lot of like stuff like that setting referees on fire or blasting them with chairs in every match then you're like uh then you're just undermining the authority and then like the people remember oh yeah this is the i'm watching this fake fake fight i'm watching the fake wrestling exactly and when the match when the match goes there that the people's like uh, their span of attention is kind of lost and they're just therefore the like pops then it's really hard to pull them back in so i'm a firm believer in, I, I i like all that kind of like crazy spots and funny spots and cool spots but they all gotta mean something and they all gotta like advance the story and they all gotta make sense so if if if, if you're gonna set the referee on fire there's gotta be a like a good reason for it not don't do it just because oh it gets it's sloppy cool spot. that's what it is like yeah. what's just sloppy before it was like oh the referee gets pulled I, 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 I gotta i gotta yeah but and, i really gotta, I gotta pitch that to them when knocking out that we gotta set you guys on fire on the next match. I said, I said, a big set, it's a cool spot. <laughs> What's those extreme promotions? That. <laughs> it's those extreme promotions that's like, we gotta do something extreme. We get, to, it's, like, it's like, no, you don't. I mean, don't overthink yeah. it. And of course, yeah. now you have like referees that's like, you see them, like they can see what's going on behind their backs, but they're like turning like this. And it's like closing your eye, turning like they like. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. So it's tele telegraph, and you can see that they they see that it's coming. And well, I think I think like a like an extreme match, like very violent hardcore match. There's a place for it on a card, and it could, can be a really cool thing if it like works a storyline or can be like a feud blow off or something if it's built right. If there's like real emotional stakes on it, but it's hard for me to see like how can uh, like a full card or full promotion of like this extreme hardcore or death matches like the full card. I think it's kind of turns against itself if there's just as, like the more extreme, more extreme, more extreme. It's just again that going to extreme just for extreme's sake. So. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's got it's got its audience, and if they're doing good, there's you know, all power to it. But it's not for me. I like that. I think that I believe in the storytelling and the, and the, like the real emotion of it, the action of it. It's just like the icing on the the way the, the way or the means to an end in a way, because the the more emotional payoff is the is the is the goal that we're going for and the matches are just uh, just a way to keep the gum out that's how i got gonna see it so what do you what do you have coming up okay, we are doing the show next month in finland i'm not sure where where it is yet and then i have that show in december in germany it's this town called Kiel that is really north, northern Germany and I haven't worked this maximum wrestling Kiel is the promotion. I haven't been there in several years. So 
I'm really looking forward to getting back there. Last time the crowd was great. And also in Germany, well, it depends on the show, but I think we talked about this a little bit last time also. I really like it in Germany. It's, it's, it's like a entertainment for the whole family because there's all the small kids in the shows and older people as well and stuff like that. I think it's the same same for you guys in, in, in the United States, but here in Finland and in the Nordic still, it's not seen as something that you can bring your like little kids into it. It's still too strange, too obscure for the people here, or maybe we don't know how to market it right. But I really like when there's like these little kids in the show because they're like the most honest, honest audience and they give you the most brutal feedback <laughs> if you do like a kids show. And if they don't react to what you're doing, then it's that you're definitely doing something wrong. This is not an educated audience. And they, they don't they don't they don't like pop just because they like want to do your favors or not your or the fan or something. They're like brutally honest. If something doesn't make sense, if it's not simple enough, it, and again, it's not based on reality, it's just gaga, then it's, you won't get the reaction for the kids. So it's always a good learning experience to work in front of a kid audience like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been years since I've been in Germany and I feel it's like a second home for me. I think it's the place where I've been like most booked outside of Finland. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So where can people find you on social media to keep up what's going on with Wildman Emo and his successful tower defenses? That's, uh, I'm supposed to check it out for you, what, what, what handle is it? I think it's, uh, it's at Wildman on, on Instagram, right? Facebook also, Hamilton Wildman, you can find me. And then on YouTube, I usually post all the stuff that's what's going on and what's coming next. So, <laughs> again. Well, well, I'm in Hemo, I appreciate your time today. My son here. Yeah. I'll even kill the. Right. He's gonna be the man taking over the show when. I'm gonna show you real quick if you still have time. So we got time. Let's show you. So we talked about this. Uh... Oh. Talked about this. Uh... Can you still see me? Yeah, I can still see you. Yeah, I'm talking it's about great. that. I wanted to show you my man cave. Talking about my fence that we have here. Just wanted to show my influences here. I think this was the biggest influence Conan the Barbarian as I was a kid. I got it. Boris growing there. I got the, you know, this, the American gladiators. Yep, that's, the old, that's old school gladiators. That's old school. This is from the early 90s. 
is just like the, the finished version. So I, I uh, hunted down this like old poster because I remember this was like when I was a kid. Like I said, I, I've always been attracted into these kind of sports entertainment things more so. The gladiators was a big thing in Finland as well. But, uh, that, that is cool. Because I know a lot of people know the American gladiators when it was yeah, on that, five, six years ago, but that's old school. That's the, that's the, that's the original. Got the Ludwig Borger there. That was his first like public thing that he did. That's the Panther right there. Mm -hmm. Kicked off my puberty when I was young, you know. After that, yeah. after her, I've always been affected to strong, strong girls and that. So I got a little souvenir from Japan. I really like that. That's a really old school poster as well. There it is. Yeah, then I got my part of the childhood set up right there. Got the old Nintendo there. So. You got the old school Nintendo. That's great. Yeah, I got it, got it hooked up. So reliving the days of childhood when you didn't have care in the world, just play the Nintendo. You know. <laughs> I have a PS2 in my in my basement. It's like it's like people's like, why don't you get the new one? Eh. That's, yeah. It's not the money. It's just like, eh. yeah, it's not the same. No, definitely. Well, while well, Mejico, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. And we'll definitely keep, keep in touch and get you on sometime real soon for our, the latest updates in the adventure of the Wild Man. Yeah, that would be cool. It's really fun just talking about the business well, in general. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, you take care. It was fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Nice one.